Meet Megan. Hi. A professional wedding photographer and professional wedding planner, Emily. Hey there. Together with 20 years experience in planning, designing and shooting all things wedding, they'll discuss how it's so much more than pretty pictures and a fun party. Welcome to Wedding Therapy, a podcast exploring why it is that weddings bring out the best and worst in people and how to navigate relationships and conflicts during the wedding planning process and beyond. Hey guys, we are back with part two of the incredible love story of Krista and Kevin. We left off right where we were about to hear about the proposal, and this week's episode jumps right in. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, I definitely recommend going back, listening to part one, and then hopping back over here to hear the rest of their incredible story. Hope you guys like it. Let me try and start arranging a proposal. But there's we're there's moving nothing, fast, remember. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> available as there's no jewelry store. Like I, I don't even know where to find it. So I it ends up being a target ring. Yeah. Like something that you would pick off of a uh, off of a rack. Target jewelry section in the what do you call it? Like the uh what's the target brand? It totally blanked out. Oh, it's I, probably like I can't even... up or fellow or something <laughs> it's like the a new day a whatever new day. It's target like like costume jewelry mm-hmm. costume jewelry okay cubic zirconia just the biggest the ring was 1899 yeah oh and i remember gosh. going I over there it. you had to order it online at that time right because they didn't oh, allow yeah. you to look through things Oh my and gosh, so, so you didn't even get to see it in person. <laughs> I didn't even get to see it. I order it, and then they hand me this little pl- like paper attached to the ring, and I'm like, well, does it come in a box? And I remember <laughs> the employee just looking at me and saying like, Like, who are you? <laughs> there's, no, there's no box with this. Also, uh, are you planning like, to propose with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, are you serious with this? You know? But it was That's like, amazing. it was... It was like we like we needed to get this rolling. Like like I I didn't want to wait. There was an urgency. There was an urgency, and my brother was in town, and your for my mom. Was in town. And yeah, for for your mom who was again having this, this still crisis. in the hospital. Yeah. And so I remember making a lot of phone calls that week, asking for your parents' permission, asking and and rallying my parents, and then calling our pastor and just kind of going down the line of like, okay, this is happening. And, um, and we got a bunch of friends, even uh, some of Krista's best friends were there to help me piece it together where we had a proposal out in the wilderness on a hike that she normally does. And her brother was there also who was in on it, who filmed everything. There's and, a beautiful video attached. Yeah, and that's when I had my cubic zirconia ring. Uh, when we got to this hiking destination, we looked out, and really, I was. It was like a touch and go. I didn't even know when, like, was going to when it was going to be the moment. Like this was, and then once Krista starts getting close to the edge over there alone, and she has no idea what's happening. You know, I, was, I like, was in my gross workout pants, <laughs> a shirt that I stole from Joey James's closet, like it, oh, this yeah. hat, you know, it's just 
out of control. And I'm like walking up there and I'm fumbling for the ring, which is in my pocket. And I'm like grabbing Krista's hand and I'm like, my heart is racing. And everything that I thought about saying was just blown out of the way. And um, I didn't even give her brother a cue of like when this is happening. And all of a sudden he's recording, he goes, oh, I guess they're going, they're going now, you know? And uh, that's when I got down on one knee and on the top of a mountain surrounded by like all the lush greenery because it was, there was like no cars out. So the emissions were all low. So it was just clear. It was a beautiful day. It was a really beautiful day. And then Aww. when we got back or we were walking back, we also FaceTimed with your parents at the time. Yeah. We so finally the by then, because my mom was considered end of life, they finally let my dad come see her. Um, so he was at the hospital with my mom. We were FaceTiming them and uh, showing off the, the target ring at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and I didn't know. I was like, is this real? Is it like, because this is, you know, the cupid circle. It's a huge freaking diamond, but it's fake, you know, but it's like huge. Um, everyone's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, it's Target, but I love that. I just loved so much that Kevin didn't want to wait one more day and that he was just like, I got to get this thing moving. I want to propose to you as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, and all our friends surprised us like down behind my house in the wilderness yeah. with signs and they were wearing their masks and they had little snacks and stuff out. And yeah, it was just a very touching, like beautiful time. I was totally surprised. I, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, like I look like such a mess. Of course, it's a girl. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, I am so haggard right now. Oh my I didn't gosh. shower that day or the day before. Just <laughs> grungy. And I thought I was, I thought we were taking my brother to go film some B-roll for this film project he wants to do because he works in editing and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take you to the side of the mountain. And uh, it was all set up. Yeah. But it was good. Wow. It and so this so was well. end of April-ish? This was the end of April. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're in September. What happened yeah. from April to September? And I know something big is happening in October. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so curious how all these decisions were yeah. made because, I mean, obviously, Megan and I have been on the receiving end of so many couples, and I, I me more so in March and April, um, just going through these really hard decisions. What do we do? And you kind of touched on it earlier, Krista, just like your priorities change and things shift. Mm -hmm. And I've had to see so many different couples, so many different stories, different family dynamics, different cultures. And mm -hmm. there is no right call. That's just mm -hmm. a blanket thing for everyone. And so I think for our listeners, I mean, while your story is incredible and I'm obsessed with it, I think this portion, I think, can help people feel like they're not alone. Um, and if someone maybe resonates with the first part of your story, this might be inspiring to them to like mm -hmm. do whatever. What to do steps. moving forward. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, like, I'm moving forward with like wedding planning stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the wedding planning, like I know for some women, like they have thought of their wedding day like at, since they were a little girl and like really looked forward to this time. But my focus was so preoccupied with my mom who was um, eventually sent home on hospice. Um, like the process, the, so let's see in April, like May, we really got moving with like the big decisions. And thankfully like, all of my best friends are in the wedding industry. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I have a single vendor in mm -hmm. our wedding that's like not a really good friend. Um, <laughs> so like Megan, you know, she's our photographer and um, I, uh, I'm getting married in one of my bridesmaids backyards. And I just knew from the beginning, even if it wasn't COVID, I'd want to get married in her backyard. It's really beautiful and, um, and intimate. And, uh, and she also said like the, so that day of the engagement and the in surprise engagement party, she was driving away and I went to go like hug her car. Cause you know, we still weren't like hugging and I was like, I have to hug you goodbye. So I run up and I hug her car as it's like kind of moving. And then she goes, Hey, my mom asked me to ask you, or my mom asked me, is Krista getting married in our backyard? Aww. And I said, can I get married in your backyard? And she's like, yes, we were hoping you'd get married in our backyard. And then she goes, can I plan your wedding? And I was like, Aww. I wouldn't have anyone else plan my wedding. Yes, you can plan the wedding. And so she really held my hand from the beginning, like held the first meeting with us, made the whole grid thing. And here's, you know, those people you'd need to start booking. Um, and it's just kind of like my casual wedding planner, but just keeps me on track with certain things. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, our other, my maid of honor's husband, um, who is another pastor at Rocky Peak and we're also really good friends. He's DJing it. Um, the, the campus care guys, like kind of the custodians at church and stuff. I live on a church property that like was managed by church facilities. And these guys, um, they're these Mexican guys that would always come to the house and fix things when they were broken and whatever. And, but they're really close to me. They're really precious to me. They're like, you know, my dad's, my work dad's, you know? Yeah. And, um, so he has a, he has a Mexican restaurant also. And so he's going to be catering the food. Um, and so like, yeah, basically every category, I just started with my community and uh -huh. like booked everybody from there. Um, yeah, like my other close friends doing the flowers and even though my friend, like my friends aren't cheap, um, but like, I don't really think I'm, I'm getting like, uh, um, nobody is like a budget option, you know, <laughs> like low budget option, but we really love the idea of like supporting our friends. It's like, we absolutely trust the quality mm -hmm. and we like, and I know I'm going to be stress-free like my coworkers doing um, the video, like all the videography and like, I've seen her work. I like, we work together. She does all the videos for Rocky Peak. I've seen Megan's work. I've seen Kelly's work. I've seen like, you know, I just know that day, the wedding day is going to come and I'm not going to worry about a single thing. And we are blessing our friends, you know? Yeah. I think that's so important. Resentful. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's so important to clarify because a lot of people have friends who uh -huh. like own a camera, but right. they maybe don't have a photography business. And yeah. it's like, oh, there's no real payment. I'm just gonna, a friend helping a friend. And that can actually cause a lot more stress for the, yeah. for the couple yes. because now it's like, if someone isn't doing a job kind of up to what you had talked about, there's no, mm -hmm. like, they don't have a business. They're just helping. So you feel like you can't like say anything. Have any expectations. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's super, I mean, it's not common that people have so many friends who are also yeah. legit business owners. Mm -hmm. and so, um, and like, I think a lot of people like me and Megan oftentimes get hit up by friends looking for discounts. Right. And it's like, well, we're yeah. a real business. And so like, I just love the way you guys are doing it. I think I love that you're surrounded by people who love you. Um, especially in such a weird time right now. It's yeah. like, oh, my photographer is a close friend and knows so much about us and isn't mm -hmm. a random stranger, but also is a legit business. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's the, like the trust and the, like, I think Kevin was saying, like, we don't want any of our friends to feel resentful towards us. And yes. because I also like have been asked to photograph things or do video for things, or, um, people will ask me to do like social media consultations or whatever. And so I have learned, I only say yes. Like if something's, if I'm doing something for free, I can't pretend like, ah, I wish they would have given me a little something for this. You know, it's like, yep. if you're offering to do something for free, do not expect anything in return. And you have to be self-aware enough to know, is this going to make me resentful towards this person? A hundred percent. And so with our friends, like, um, something that had come up, we talked budget with, a with, well, I'll just use a videographer, for example. And so we went over kind of some other videos for inspiration and, she said, well, I think, you know what, I'm probably going to need a second shooter. And I was like, if you get a second shooter, like this probably isn't the budget anymore. Um, so I don't want you to feel like you need to get a second shooter. Like I'm okay with your single angle. Like that's okay for me. This is now we're entering the territory of you. You want to go above and beyond and split like this budget with somebody else. And I just want you to know, I'm not asking that of you. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I want to do it. This is what I agreed to. And I was like, if it comes out to a little bit more, like I would rather pay a friend an extra like $200 to let them be free of all resentment towards me, you know? Um, <laughs> that is so, so real. <laughs> so I real. just think, let, I don't know, maybe because like being 30 and having been in so many weddings and also having been on the other side of things, like I know the value, like it's just better to value the relationship over the deal that you get, like ultimately, you know? For sure. For sure. And uh, I think the photographer thing like is really important because I mean, I don't know anybody else, if anybody's been in a wedding with a terrible photographer, like I have been a bridesmaid in a wedding with the budget, cheap, cheap photographer, I would say like three times. Ooh. And it is the worst. They're taking forever to pose people. It's lagging. Now you're going, it's been like two hours. You're still trying to get these photos done. It's like a professional knows your timeline, knows the shot list, doesn't mess around. This event has got to move. 
So yeah, I don't know all the background. I, I don't know how relatable I am as a person because <laughs> we're surrounded by like the best people in the world, the best friends in the world. I have a background of being an event planner from being the marketing and outreach coordinator at, a, at another like nonprofit. Um, we like are in this crazy weird time where people have like the lowest expectations of us. So even in things I'm failing in, we didn't send out <laughs> wedding invites. Like we just couldn't get to it. And I tried. I that. I'm, That's so real. I love that. <laughs> I, I tried so hard and every weekend it was like, this is the weekend. Okay. We've got to get these out. We sent out, save the dates right away. Like get it in your calendar. And then it's like, what's our guest list actually going to look like? Like who can we really invite? And like, right. who, who could we gather now to figure out the no's? And we kind of have like this wait list going and guess the wedding invites searching for whatever, whatever stationary, it was just like, it became an impossible task. And so I was like, babe, we're, let's just focus on this wedding website thing at the freaking not.com. And we're going to text people the link. That's the <laughs> most we can do. So that's what we did. We put in pictures on the knot all in a night. We stood up to like 1am and just knocked it out. And then we just had a little template. We can't wait to celebrate with you because of COVID. Consider this your paperless invite and please RSVP by this day. Text, 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 text to literally everybody on the guest list. That's beautiful and though, because earlier you talked about like at a certain point when you're planning a wedding during this time, when you're also dealing with uh, trauma and other stuff, you got to figure out what's important and cut what isn't. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there is this stigma with weddings. Somewhere along the line, we've decided that every single 180 checklist, everything important. is important. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and for some, that is manageable. But in this world where so much is getting flipped upside down, having the ability to discern and be super honest with yourself and be yeah. able to say, this is important, this isn't, this is important, this isn't, and truly yeah. let the other stuff fall away. I mean, how freeing did that feel to you to be like, all right, we're doing this, moving on. I don't yeah. have to think about this now. I mean, it, we, was we so it. Yeah, it was so relieving. It was so relieving. And honestly, I mean, and this is where I'm like, I don't know how relatable I am right now, but like people's <laughs> expectations of us, uh, people know at the same time I was planning my mom's memorial, her burial. I was like, you know, the, all the administrative things that happen after somebody passes away, I think is like a lesser known monster. For sure. um, it's so much getting the death certificates to the bank, to here, to here, getting the copies from the social security and all the things. And like, and it's just me and my dad, my, my brother lives in New York and he, him and his wife were here for a good long time. But then it's like, after the dust was, you'd think the dust settled, but it's just a cloud after cloud. And so trying to plan a wedding in the midst of all of that, like everybody, was really kind of even, a, people were wondering if we were still having a wedding. And we kind yeah. of did a, a mini ceremony thing. I don't know if you want to talk about the betrothal thing at all. So to go back to all the stuff with my mom. So now we're in, um, 
now we're in June. So officially in June 2nd, my mom was sent home on hospice and they told her she had weeks to live. So at that point, um, we, uh, I took like two weeks off of work. Um, my brother and his wife flew in from, uh, New York. They live in Brooklyn. Um, and we just all went to my parents' house and we're staying there. And Kevin pretty much came over every day. But it, at that point, it was like, we're making memories. We're going to be by our mom's side when that moment comes. And But we were also still praying and believing, you know, for a miracle and that this wouldn't be it. And we were still trying things. Like, we were, we were really fighting till the end with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, my mom kind of had this, like, wish list. Um, things she always wanted to do and... Um, so I booked a couple appointments to go try on wedding dresses. Um, we went and got a wedding dress together. I coordinated a family photo shoot at the beach, something she wanted to do. Um, I, I planned a huge like barbecue celebration and got my worship team friends from church to come play like a worship concert. And we had food and all of her friends from church came and other friends of hers came and flew in and that was kind of like every weekend in June something was happening and you were filling the weeks with kind of rest and recovery and maybe other things too and um and it was just such a difficult time of trying to figure out okay Kevin like what should we do do we just get married in the backyard here and forget October 10th, forget waiting for this wedding dress to be shipped in, like, what do we do? And, um, and I would try to talk about it with my mom. And it was always this, the really sad thing about my mom is that she never accepted that she was going to die. You know, like, it, like, death was never an option, like, because she was such a fighter. And she was so full of faith and just trusting for a miracle. Um, She was just wait, like, you know, this could turn around and I believe God can do it. And I would say, you know, mom, I believe God can do it too, but we, I just want to make the most of every day, you know? Um, But it was difficult. It was really difficult to talk about things like um, moving up the wedding date because I kind of felt like a big part of, my mom's fight was like she was fighting for October you know like I want to be at that wedding um and I felt like I didn't want to take that away Uh, from her uh oh I see what yeah and then also I didn't want to kind of just say you know what let's just get married in the backyard today and it's like oh because you think I'm just gonna die or and and then at the same time it's like if we get married like let's say we would have gotten married in june i i tried i really tried to talk to my mom about it i said you know what do you want what do you want to do because i have my pastor michael yearly like ready to come any moment literally any time of day and he will come and marry us you know um and we'll just go get the marriage license and we'll make it happen. But also, like, nothing's going to change. Like, I'm still going to be here, sleeping in your bed, turning you every two hours. And I'm, like, I'm still going to be here. I'm, I'm not going to go live 
with Kevin and leave you, you know, in this time. Um, and she was like, you know, I go back and forth with it. And, you know, I so just want to be a, in that part of your life. You know, that, that's really what it was. She wants, she wanted to be part of that chapter of my life. And we just knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but I wasn't about to tell my mom, well, that's not going to happen, you know. Right. How can um, you? <laughs> right. So it was always this really difficult thing. And so I um, I thought maybe we could do a bridal shower. Like I wanted to do wedding things and everything was just a big, like, everything was just so depressing because she's like, as your mom, I'm supposed to plan the shower. And I'm not going to be able to do that for you. And every week, like, she just was deteriorating quicker and quicker. And eventually she couldn't walk anymore. And she couldn't, um, you know, she couldn't go to the bathroom by herself. Or eventually we had to put her in diapers. Or she just even started hallucinating. Anytime she got um, visitors, like, if she got a lot of visitors in a day, she would get, like, a horrible fever that would just take everything out of her. And it was, like every event that we do like every big thing that we do it's shortening my mom's life and like that was a reality at that time um so we really went back and forth with because kevin was ready he's like if that's what we gotta do let's do it and i was right. just kind of like really trying to figure it out and um i had people messaging me on facebook and instagram and texting me not be, not anybody that's super close to me, but some of my mom's like friends that maybe not her best friends, but just some other people that my mom knew. Um, they would say, you know, Krista, your mom's dream has always just been to see you get married, and I wish you guys would just do that, and it's all your mom's ever wanted for you. And you know, I threw my wedding together, and in six weeks, and I know you could make it happen. You know. And, um, so there was all this weird, I felt like this weird need to explain myself, but then I felt really angry that people would like assume they knew like, totally. else of what was happening. And there was a lot of reasons. Yes. It was pretty upsetting. Right. Um, and I think more or less the sad part was like, your mom wouldn't be able to enjoy the wedding. Yeah. We were at that stage where we would have a couple of good hours. There was only a few good hours in every day. Yeah. And, and we didn't know what, what those hours would be. Either, yeah. You know? and so uh, planning a, a wedding, which would be an all, either an all afternoon kind of thing, or even the whole day, mm -hmm. would just, it, it wouldn't have been possible as yeah. much as she wanted to be there and as much as we wanted her to be there. Right. Yeah, there's a lot I could say, and uh, like I could talk for a long time about all the different things that went into it. And my mom said she, my mom even said certain things like, you know, maybe you could have like a secret wedding and not tell anybody you got married and then have your day in October. And, but then she would say, but no, it, it shouldn't be like that. And oh, I want you to celebrate your wedding. And it was such a point of, of turmoil, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there was a day in July, um, we had had a 4th of July get together. And ever since then, like my mom just was met, like she never really recovered. And um, there was a day that was just especially horrible. I was changing her diaper and um, it was just like 
this whole certain really horrible experience. And it, ha it just so happened that the hospice team that was visiting us weekly came like right after this horrible thing happened. And um, I was in tears and I was just so upset seeing my mom decline so quickly. And the nurse pulled me out of my mom's room and she said, you know, what happened here? And I said, I don't know if my, like, my mom's not there. Like she's hallucinating so much. And like, I just can't, like, I, I just feel like this is really the end. And, um, and the nurse said, yeah, your mom has declined so rapidly in the last week. This, we're looking at the final days here. And I just want to be totally upfront and honest with you. I think it's better that you're prepared for it. No surprises, but I think we're in the final days. And, and she said, um, you know, aren't you getting married? And I said, we're getting married in October. And she said, I think we both know that your mom's not going to make it to October. And then she told me about um, another client of hers who actually had the same cancer as my mom and also had a daughter who was getting married. Um, and uh, she had wow. passed away that morning, this wow. other client. But wow. she, she said that um, the daughter did a commitment ceremony with her fiance and they it wasn't like the wedding but they did exchange vows and they um just expressed their commitment and their promise to be together to love each other and it was like this really beautiful little commitment ceremony is what they called it and uh and she said you know i think it, it could bring a lot of peace and help wow. the transition you know that's what she said yeah. And so it kind of gave me this idea of like, what about like a, like how do we, how do we incorporate God into this, right? Like how do we make this a holy ceremony? <clears throat> and so I called my pastor and I asked him about like betrothal. And I said, you know, in the ancient Jewish culture, you would be betrothed, like the engagement, it was a betrothal. And it was a very, it was a legal thing that happened, like a very official thing where you were considered husband and wife in the eyes of God, but you didn't live together yet. You, you didn't sleep together, you didn't live together. And the, the husband would go off, prepare a home. And then when that was ready, and really he only knew it was ready because then the groom's father would go inspect the home, sign off, say, okay, go get your bride, you're ready. And um, so then the groom would come, get the bride, she had to be ready, you know, with the lamps or whatever for the wedding day celebration. And then the wedding night, he brings his bride into his home and then they can start, you know, their life together. Um, and I just felt like there's so many beautiful pictures of even you know, Christ's relationship with us and he goes to prepare a place for us and he's coming to bring, like coming back for his bride. And, mm -hmm. but we are in a covenant relationship, um, very similar to marriage. So I was asking my, my pastor, uh, just kind of like, what do you think? Maybe we could do some type of like betrothal ceremony. Do you think you could pull this off? I want to do this on Friday. And this was Wednesday when I was calling him. A two-day turnaround. I was afraid we weren't even yeah. going to have Friday. Um, right. And so he starts researching and he goes, yep, I think I can kind of modernize this and fix this around. And then I just kind of started, I, um, I called my maid of honor, asked if she would take some photos. She's also a professional photographer. Um, and then her husband, if he could just kind of play this playlist, I put together the order of details. 
um, like the order of events and um, my other bridesmaids made like hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and just kind of helped us set up and uh, made a cake and everything. One of my mom's best friends, who's also a florist, she built like a beautiful, like floral arrangement post thing. And um, it was gorgeous. And I just wore this white dress that I wore for our beach photo shoot. And Kevin yeah. wore a really nice white button up with denim jeans. And um, I love very it. classy. She, she made a boutonniere. <laughs> I love it. A flower crown for me, my mom, and my future mother-in-law and it was just our family and like two other close friends of my mom's um my brother and his wife were there and so it's just 12 it was literally just 12 chairs in the backyard and I, my dad walked me down and wow. it was very emotional so the fact that we pulled this off was like a total miracle and that my mom was aware yeah. i I was fasting and praying that my mom would just be lucid, you know, and um, her friend went and picked her out a pink dress because that's the Mexican tradition. The mother of the bride wears pink, uh, the mother of the groom wears blue, you know, so she was wanted that pink dress, you know, um, so she had the pink dress and came out in the wheelchair and um, we did a really beautiful little I felt like everything was spirit led, like all these ideas that I had just like came very instantaneously, I believe, just from the Lord. Yeah. And um, yeah, we pulled off this betrothal ceremony and um, Pastor Michael kind of took some time to teach like, what is this betrothal? And um, we did exchange like our commitment vows to each other. We did a little first dance, we had communion. Our, our parents, like both our fathers, shared a blessing over us. And it's very much about like the two families coming together. Yeah. Um, it had, I think it had a lot of the wedding elements. A lot of wedding elements, yeah. That your mom got to see. Things that my mom wanted, like this wedding song in particular, she really wanted. And yeah, um, yeah and it was, uh, it was very beautiful, really stressful, you know, pulling it off in two days. Um, but I do think it gave my mom a lot of peace. And that night was kind of the last night that she was able to speak. Yeah. Um, wow. And then the next day she was pretty much, she never opened her eyes the next day. Um, that whole Saturday we, we opened up the house to kind of some family to come say goodbye. And then she passed away on Sunday. Wow. So it was this kind of compromise between like if we would have just been married you know it's like I felt like I it's so much stress it's so like consuming taking care of somebody but then you cut it off right away and it's like okay this, now you're switching over into this administrative gear and packing things up and cleaning and there's that kind of adrenaline can carry you through a bit but it's like I can't imagine, um, I guess, like starting a marriage just in that kind of morning and chaos. totally and yeah. having that be the first couple days. Yeah, be just crazy. weeping and and Kevin was. I mean, he was with me every step of the way. Kevin's been like an angel just through this whole like these last months of life, and um, 
I'm so thankful for Kevin. He's just like God's gift from mm -hmm. heaven to me um, and my whole family. And, you know, my dad loves Kevin and he's so thankful for him. And um, so, yeah, it's like our relationship has really been strengthened. But now I feel like our wedding day, it's going to be a celebration, you yeah. know, like that betrothal night i invited my bridesmaids to come and try to and i was just in such a horrible place you know um i was yeah. just so depressed and had the worst headache and just was crying 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 and um was so emotional i yeah it was like it took me a long time to recover but then there really was no recovery because it's you know still all these things and um so yeah the betrothal thing was like kind of this thing we I, it was inspired by the hospice nurse, um, made into kind of a more biblical thing. And we really wanted to take it seriously. You know, it's like, hey, you're my guy. Like, we're, I'm treating you on another level of like, I mean, not that I would ever break the engagement or anything, but it was just kind of like, we did feel like, um, like a sacredness in our relationship. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, here we are, like, we're in this, we are we are together, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, why I think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was Sorry. just gonna say, I feel like you guys lived through the amount of things that most couples live through after being married for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we say, it's like, I feel they're like, how are things going? Like, oh my gosh, like 30 days to the wedding. And I'm like, I feel like that we've been married for five years. Yeah. <laughs> so excited to have a party with our friends. <laughs> seriously seriously I'm like wow and and just to circle back on something you said earlier you're like I'm not really sure if this is relatable to other people because obviously this is super unique but I cannot tell you how many couples I am currently working with who've lost loved ones during mm -hmm. this time um and some of them have been for like heart attacks, cancer, a lot of them have been COVID related. So there's that element there too. Um, talking with brides who are mad. They're like, this family member wasn't, this wasn't supposed to happen kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have brides who have been trying to do funeral arrangements right alongside doing wedding planning. So I think everything you're saying can be really relatable uh, to a lot of people who are in the midst of planning and feeling just completely overwhelmed by it all mm -hmm. because it is very different. Um, there is an administrative side to that that people don't know until they do it yeah. and, and you yeah, know the weight of it. You wouldn't yeah. know. Yeah, it's like I wasn't picking out bridesmaids dresses. I was picking out caskets for my mom. You know, it's mm -hmm. like those were the catalogs I was looking through. And I'll tell you, it was difficult, like just to turn on a serious note. Like it was really difficult to be engaged with a lot of other people right now, actually. Like I would say even in just our life group, how many is there like four engaged couples? Um and we're kind of the first of all of them to be getting married. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I can't remember who had asked the question, but they're like, you know, how are, how are you doing checking in on our brides? Like, how's wedding planning going for you? I know it must be stressful and it's gotta be sad, like all these things that you can't do or whatever. And, um, 
And I had to really just like repent and go to the Lord with my criticisms of other like brides to be, um, because they're just like, oh, I know it just sucks that we have to like do this and this. And the things that they were complaining about, I'm Uh like, you know, you get to, you get to have your mom, like at your wedding day, like you get to have your whole family, you like, you, there's nothing, um, comparable, you know, like in my situation, it's like, you're stressed out about like picking the flowers and like, I'm arranging, bringing all these flowers back from my mom's like grave site. And like, (laughs) so I was kind of, it was, I had to make this conscious effort to like, not make all these comparisons and not be super critical. And I think the thing about death is that it's probably the most sobering life event that ever happens to you. Mm -hmm. And when you are so close to death, you've lost somebody, like everything that really matters in life comes to the surface. And you look around and you see all the superficial things other people are consumed by. And it's so easy to just become hypercritical of people who don't have their priorities straight or are consumed with the superficial things. But I'm like, that's on me. <laughs> like, that's right. on I was my gonna say, I, mean, I was like, you definitely had a unique perspective because you did have the juxtaposition of things side by side, which is rare for anyone. And then during this time, whereas these other people, they don't have that right next to them. So I, I can see, I mean, I do this every single day and 99% of my conversations with my clients are superficial. So for me, I'm like, everything you're saying makes total sense. And of course your priorities are completely switched rightfully. So, um, I just, I'm like, I feel for the people who are like complaining about dumb things. Cause I'm like, bless their hearts they just don't even know you know like they just don't even but even still yeah and it's like it would it's it would come in a moment you know like a moment of frustration sure just like you know in my grief I'm I'm going through all the stages oh Oh, I'm sad I'm depressed I'm livid angry and then I'm back to just and then I'm numb so that I can be a functional person um I can't but like yeah it's just this crazy thing that it's like uh, that's why I'm like, I don't know how relatable I am. It's like, who goes through this? Like, who, where, how, who, who does this happen to? Um, and that's I mean, a year ago, circumstance. no, for sure. I mean, a year ago, I would have been like, I, nobody, nobody can compare. This is insane. I don't know anyone else, but I do think this is a unique time. There's yeah. so many people are dealing with death and weddings right now it's Mm -hmm. mind-blowing to me that this is even Mm -hmm. a common thing that people are talking about and having to deal with and you touched on this earlier on but the alone factor of it all I mean Mm -hmm. the amount of funerals that haven't been able to happen Mm -hmm. because and yeah I can't I've had brides calling me in tears being like I can't even respond to your email right now because I have to plan a service for my dad 
that no one can go to and it's all going to be on YouTube and this was never how this was, you know, and I'm like, of course, don't email me. This has nothing like your, that's priority. And it is just a crazy time that people are dealing with death. I mean, I don't know stats, maybe brides all over the world every year are dealing with death of family, but at least for me and my business, this is the first time it's like every other client. This is a conversation wow. we're having. So I, I mean, I don't know. I could be way, it could be just all my clients. I don't know, you know, but like, this is yeah. something that a lot of people are trying to wrestle with. And I think whether people are inspired by, like, I love that this hospice nurse shared this and you guys changed it and made it your own. Like that you have no idea could inspire so many people and give uh -huh. them a glimmer of, I do have options. I think yes. so many people don't feel like they have any option. It's uh -huh. the option is to postpone or cancel. Like there's uh -huh. no in between and nothing seems right and nothing seems like a good option. And so I think that being able to take someone else's thing and have the creativity and the, your own grounding and who you are to make it your own. I mean, I know, I know people off the top of my head who I'm like, I'm already going to be like, you need to listen to this episode. Because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know, I hope, I pray so that people are encouraged. I feel like what we need more than anything right now is just encouragement. Yeah. My word to anybody like in a crisis, like in a, because it's like, how many impossible decisions have we been faced with? It's like unbelievable. <laughs> Even going back there's to like do the chemo or go home on hospice. It's like, just, yeah. there's so many impossible decisions in this season of life. Um, I think what we need more now than ever is just to be really gracious with each other. And when people's comments come, like everybody's gonna have a criticism about everything. And one person will be like, why aren't you forcing everybody to wear masks at your wedding? And another person's like, I can't believe they're forcing me to wear a mask. At <laughs> right. It's like in every scenario. And so I think it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we have to uh, not, not say that what people say, like it doesn't matter what people say because you know we wanna be loving people. Um, but like those people that told me I should have got married, like, why didn't we just have that people? There are people who think we did get married. They just looked through the beautiful pictures and thought, oh, it looks like a wedding. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> congratulated on our wedding like, once a week. So. I love it. No, but the um, people who were like, why don't you just get married now? It's like, yeah. well, that path might make sense for you, but that's right. not, you know, it, I always yeah. say this COVID, no COVID tragedy, trauma with or without, there is no right or wrong answer that is good. The blanket for everybody. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's so important to like remind people of that when they're having to make these impossible decisions. It's like, you can't Google what the right answer is and right. what worked for Cindy down the street and her daughter and what they did doesn't automatically mean it's going to make sense for somebody else. And you yeah. have to just, I think just be super grounded in 
who you are and be okay with yeah yeah be okay with people and their negative opinions of you yeah or like I've just what ended up giving me peace was that I accepted like you know what I don't really have any relationship with this person the it's my brokenness that feels this insane need to explain that I made the right choice and here's Mm -hmm. why and here's all the evidence it's like at the end of the day it's like you know what I know I did the right thing I know that like Kevin and I we're moving forward on the right path and like whatever other people think of us or whatever other opinions people have they don't it it's up to me like whether those opinions affect me or not right you know, sure. it's, it's on me if I let this person's uh, perception of me yeah like make me have a bad day right um but th- I mean that's super difficult that's something I'm always oh. growing in you know my need for approval and whatever I mean those claws go deep but, um, <laughs> sure. you know and it's easier said than done exactly yeah i think um and how i how i'm approaching our wedding with that dilemma of masks or no masks and like that that conflict i think i think we're just really both happy that people can come and celebrate us mm-hmm. you know and that's kind of like there's a unity there that i sense underground that despite what they believe in or what what's going on what their preferences that they are taking the time to really still come meet us if they love us yeah Yeah. to come and come at and and we're stressing come at however they feel comfortable even if they can't make it that's fine but there are a lot of people who aren't coming but we're just so grateful that's not i think it's kind of like, well, that's, it's not going to stop us from getting married. We're kind of so excited say, about it. And like, you guys have overcome so much that at this point, it almost doesn't and shouldn't matter. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's like, hey, we made it to here. We have something we're celebrating. And right. yeah, I think so many things because of this time are going to shift because traditionally, RSVPing for a wedding is a huge deal because there's so many things tied to it, right? Like if you say you're coming and then you don't, there was money spent on this plate and then people get all worked up about it. Or if you say you're not coming and you show up, it's this other like, and I think COVID has changed everything. People are just like, come if you want. If you can't, no one's going to be upset. If you said you were going to come and last minute you have a fever and you don't like, it's okay. I think this like level of grace has been extended yeah. where yeah. it's, it used to be this thing that we held so tightly onto. And now it's just like, whatever, just we're here to celebrate. And like you said, there's a common denominator. And if everyone yeah. can come together under that, then yeah. I love it. And I do think it's like, I mean, if everybody, um, learns a tiny lesson I don't know this one this is my criticisms coming out again and I'm like trying to censor myself but I do there is an element of all of this that I do hope like the mass like commercialism of weddings like I hope it gets knocked down a notch I really do and like all the crazy like stressors in a wedding that are so unnecessary it's like 
hey, people want to come and be a part of this beautiful thing that we're doing together. Like people just, people are basically in their mind, and a lot of people's minds are risking their health to come be a part yeah. of this day. And it's, it's like, it's so meaningful. Yeah. It's so like, it's, it's like, it's just such a great gift, you know, to be a part of something so sacred and special and beautiful. And it doesn't have to be this insane, like, I don't know, like production. Um, I, that's something I, I feel I like we're always be saying. Beautiful, but. Yeah. I feel like that's something we're always saying. We're like, it doesn't have to be like, we do it to ourselves and yeah. there's been this hamster wheel of needing to perpetuate something. And I feel like Megan and I are constantly saying that we're, that's the message we're constantly preaching is like, you have to do I mean, what's right for you. You can't yeah. pick out something from a magazine and dig your heels in until everyone is miserable. So you can, you know, like you're just missing the point at that point. What were you going to yeah. say, Megan? And even being wedding vendors, I mean, I feel like it's sort of why we started this podcast. It was like, we want to shift the focus to the relational aspect of why people are getting married and all the dynamics of what happens, whether it's between the bride and groom or the family or whatever. But it, the whole point of this podcast was to shift the focus to what matters. And so I think that goes along with what Krista's exactly. basically talking about. It doesn't mean that the other stuff doesn't matter at all. It's just like, what are you going to put more focus or priority on? And arguably, if you put more focus on the right things, the other fun, pretty things can actually be fun. And they're not right. this mm -hmm. like status thing that you're chasing after. So um, yeah. I think that was like the perfect summation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Uh, I, I, you guys are so incredible. Um, it's hard to find words, huh? I, I'm I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to. I don't know how to say bye to them. And I'm like, nothing. It feels I, like not enough. No, I know. Yeah. I'm like nothing. I say is gonna really be like, good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, getting coronavirus, it's not that bad if you're under 70 years old, uh, and it maybe it'll show you the relationships that mean the most to you. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like anything that you go through, if, if anyone hasn't had to go through something really, really hard, I would argue you don't really know yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say yeah. you all can DM me and be mad at me, but <laughs> I firmly believe that. And people in my life that I've known who've gone through the craziest, hardest stuff are the ones who honestly don't get sideswiped by the non-essential things they're mm -hmm. unbothered they're not stressed about the things that don't matter and it's I think it's a common denominator for a lot of things so I'm not mm -hmm. saying have a COVID party and try and get COVID I want to <laughs> yeah um, we're but... not saying that as a bad joke <laughs> no 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 but it like Learning from or growing from a hard thing is, I think, life. one of the best things. Life, first of all, and it's one of the best things that yeah. can happen to you. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. you guys are incredible. Um, stories, Instagram stories. So you're pro. <laughs> are your accounts public? Like, can we direct people so they can follow along oh, on the journey, or are you guys private? I'm. Public. 
Are you Pokemon? So am I, but I still play that fly on the wall on <laughs> social media. Kevin doesn't post much, uh, but yeah, shoot, now I'm like, oh, my Instagram. <laughs> we don't have to. Like, get it. No, we don't yeah, have no, to. You just were very passionate early on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, should we be telling everyone that they should just learn from the master and go <laughs> to her stories? You know, so we can definitely. If you, be, if you want to be friends on Instagram, let's be friends on Instagram. Yeah. I love I've that. I've got a, an episode of La Rona Report coming out later this week. <laughs> Who knows? I How? this podcast is going on. Oh, that's a Megan question. I have no idea. Um. Wait, how often do you do a report? Is it every week? I've only done one oh. <laughs> so far. But, I, but, but like, I'll just kind of get stuck on something I really want to research. So yeah. because I'm a skeptic at heart. It's like, I don't believe Fox News. They only want the ratings. I don't believe CNN. They only want the ratings. I don't believe your NBC, whatever it is. Ball trash. <laughs> I just want to get to the bottom of it. So I'm like Googling CDC reports and crunching numbers. And I just want to know for myself, if I'm going to have an opinion, yeah. I feel like I don't deserve to have an opinion if I haven't really looked into it. And so Love that. Love that. I, uh, I try to not have too many hard opinions on things publicly. <laughs> um, but this is kind of just a funny, silly way for me to share things that I've just personally been learning. And then, yeah. You know, it's all about uh, here. Here's the info. Yeah. Do with it what you will. Um, but are you yeah. sharing at all about the um, group that you guys are in? Uh, what did you call it? It's like a not a folk. What I'm a marketing person, so I'm thinking. Oh, the clinical group. clinical trial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you updating on that, or do you have to have kind of like your lips sealed on that? Gosh, no. I well, feel like we're pretty unofficial. Well, here's the cool, I'll, I'll just share with you, like, I don't know if you've heard anything about antibodies being only lasting like three months and people are getting COVID again. Have you heard I heard a that? whisper of that, but I, I have heard that too, but I didn't like take it as gospel yeah. or anything. Yeah. Like you can get COVID again, which people were telling us they're like, cause I'm like, Hey, look, I'm immune. I'll go to the grocery store for everybody. You know, like it's all we're, we can freaking walk on coals, you know? <laughs> um, but then, you know, people are saying, oh, you can get it again, you know, just because you had it doesn't mean you're immune. And I'm like, but yes, it does. <laughs> and um, oh. so I uh, was contacted maybe in oh, when, the end of April. End of April, yeah. Yeah, so the end of April, we've been recovered for about almost a month. And they said um, that they were trying these clinical trials of using convalescent plasma. Convalescent plasma basically just means the plasma of a recovered uh, coronavirus person. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and plasma is the part of your your blood. Well, your blood is in the plasma, but your right. red blood cells and all of that, it's in this liquid in your veins called plasma. It's actually this goldish liquid. And uh, they separate it in this centrifuge from the red blood cells in the plasma. And the plasma contains your active antibodies and so when they separate that they put your red blood cells uh in a saline solution send it back to your body so that you don't die and you'll just be kind of dehydrated so they're telling you to drink lots of water because they're taking like your fluid and uh so then they take the plasma 
and each donation can treat three patients in the ICU. So when we donate, I could treat three, Kevin treats three, our other friend can treat three. Um, and what it does, because it has antibodies in the plasma, uh, it basically gives a person temporary immunity. So a person who's in ICU, really struggling to fight the virus, this comes in and now your body's kicking it and it buys you time. Like it's not a cure, but it buys you time for your body to now start producing its own antibodies from your own T cells and all of that. Mm. So it's so, like uh, before that, you're kind of trying to play catch up and like this allows you to actually catch up. Yeah. They call it like a passive immunity. So it, yeah. the plasma is kind of putting the infection on hold. Yeah. And then it's giving the patient's body time to start recovering from it. Right. So wow. It's kind of like a neat little buffer. Yeah. And then we're so in life cool. group with the doctors who are using this treatment because like Ventura Hospital kind of um, spearheading this and um, like a private practice they're doing it, of course. And um, <coughs> they're saying like that patients that are basically like in the ICU, it is not looking good. They are like really on their way out. They're like turning around within wow. 24 hours. They're able to, they start sitting up instead of being face down in bed. Um, so it's, it's had incredible success, you know, when you, when you pair it with other treatments and stuff. And, um, but it was really interesting to me that when it came out on the news for like a hot second, it was like totally poo-pooed. Because I, I think because President Trump came out and said, hey, this is great, convalescent plasma. And I was like, whoa, they're talking about it in a presidential press conference. This is amazing because nobody's talking about this like incredible yeah. treatment. Because um, in my mind, I'm like, there should be a nationwide campaign for right. all these recovered COVID people to start donating plasma. Because you know? there's so many of them. Right. There's so all many. over. Wow, that's and then so you have interesting. Everybody with all their different blood types out there to help as many people as three people. One person can help three people. That's incredible. So I was excited to see it kind of come out in the news. And but then um, the the commentators of this press conference were like, "Don't! This is the most reckless thing I've ever seen." And the president do how he approved this, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like. The political uh, battle that COVID has become is so unfortunate because yeah. before anybody was talking about it, it's like, because we were part of it, we knew it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, so stuff like that, it makes me want to research more. And right. now we're talking about something totally not I know, related. I know. Hey, but it's interesting anyway. to me. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, thank so those you. are the things we've talked about on La Rona Report. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, thank it's you not a thing. so much. It, it's a thing now. You're going to have people Maybe demanding. Maybe it has to be a thing. It, I think it has to be. I think it has to be. Um, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy lives. We're so excited for you guys for October. Yeah. Um, oh, guys, I can only you. imagine what kind of special celebration that's going to be for you guys um uh -huh. that's really awesome um so we can link your instagram if you'd like in the episode <laughs> notes and sure. if you want to be her friend you can find chrissa there um and then um if you have questions or want to follow up with us you can do that on our instagram and our email 
our, our social media is Wedding Therapy Podcast, and our email is weddingtherapypodcast at gmail.com. And there's a Facebook in there as well, but. Wedding Therapy Podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are people still on Facebook? I don't know. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm supposed <laughs> to be managing it. If you send us a message and I haven't written you back, I'm really sorry about that. I'll do that. <laughs> right now um well thank you again you guys hope you have a thank great you guys week. for having us yes yeah, thanks for having us and hearing all our crazy story and rants and i love man, it what a wild ride <laughs> it's wild ride i should do an intro buckle up guys this is yeah <laughs> i love it all right well have a great night have a great night guys Bye. thank you so much thanks for listening to the wedding therapy podcast Brought to you by Tasteful Tatters and Megan Christine Photography. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We always appreciate hearing from you. Leave a review. It only takes a couple seconds. For more, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Therapy Podcast. And you can always email us at weddingtherapypodcast at gmail.com. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It's so loud. <laughs>